how are you Scooby Dooby doing? This is my third episode of my podcast. We'll be discussing the third episode of What's New Scooby Doo, which is 3D Struction. This is season one, episode three. So the last episode had space, which I was obsessed with. And this episode has a dinosaur and I love dinosaurs. I did as a kid and I still do now but maybe not quite as obsessed, but I definitely remember enjoying this episode when I was younger. Fun fact about this episode, this is the first episode where we don't see the mystery machine. I'll be talking about this episode and other things I notice about the Scooby-Doo series that hopefully you will find interesting as well. I've had a question from Ellie asking, what three words do you think best describe Scooby-Doo? This is a really great question. And at first I was like, this is easy. I can answer this, no problem. And then I actually had to think of the words and it's not as easy as you think because you want to use more than three words, but you can't. So the first word that is jumping out at me is groovy. I'd have to say fun as well because I really do think the episodes are fun for all ages. And the third and last word I think best describes Scooby-Doo is beloved. I really think Scooby-Doo is beloved by all ages. So the three words I would pick to describe Scooby-Doo would be groovy, fun, and beloved. Thank you so much for asking me this question. We start this episode off in what looks like a jungle at night. There are two men with machetes cutting down the vines and leaves in the way to create a path for the van, which is seen driving behind them. There is a man driving who's wearing a cowboy hat and what looks like breathable jungle clothes. His name is Melbourne O'Reilly. The passenger next to him is called Luis Cepeda, his tour guide. He has taken his hat off and tells him that it will not be much further. The two men who are cutting down the vines suddenly stop and gasp. Melbourne, who was driving the van, also stops and gasps. He then says, there it is. We see what the gasps were for and what Melbourne was referencing. It looks like a temple which has a dinosaur head on the front of the temple sticking out made out of stone and there are also dinosaur bones in front of the temple. They drive up to the temple and then reverse the van to it so that the opening at the back is next to the dinosaur bone. Melbourne and the men that were helping clear the way earlier start to pick up the dinosaur bones to put into the van. Just before they can put them into the truck, they are stopped by the tour guide, Louis. He asks them, what are you doing, before informing them that these are the bones of El Oloroso and that they cannot be taken away. Melbourne tells him to watch him take them. Louis says that the bones are sacred to the people and whoever disturbs the bones will be cursed. Melbourne scoffs and says, a curse, get real, and he goes to collect more bones. As they go to collect more bones, the temple starts to shake and Louis and the men that were helping run away. Melbourne tries to take the bones by himself but seems to be struggling. He then looks up to see a dinosaur above him and we see the dinosaur get closer before we are zoomed in on Melbourne's scared face with a shadow over him. He looks like he's in danger and then we get the opening theme. After the opening theme, we see an aeroplane in the sky and instantly the music playing as we see the aeroplane and then go inside made me feel so nostalgic and I really recognised it. So much so that I actually went on Google and searched for it and when I realised it's the same music used in Scooby-Doo and the Monster of Mexico at the start when the gang checked their emails. So I love that music and it appears in both this episode and also in Scooby-Doo and the Monster of Mexico film. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a name for the music. I looked everywhere. I pay you some of the music, but I'm going to assume it's copyrighted. And unless I contact the very talented music composers, Rich Dickerson and Gigi Maroney, who composed quite a lot of the What's New Scooby-Doo music, I don't think I'll ever know. 
But if you have the Monster of Mexico DVD, or even this episode, you can listen and you'll know the music I mean. We didn't even get that far after the opening theme before I went on a tangent about the music and what's new Scooby-Doo again. I love the music, and if you listen to my podcast, you already know that because I go on about it so much. So I'll get back to the episode now. So we see the gang in the aeroplane. Velma is taking pictures through the aeroplane's window with her camera. Shaggy and Scooby are shoving food in their faces happily. And Shaggy mentions that nothing beats aeroplane food. Fred has a Costa Rica book in his hand and says that he can't believe they're going to Costa Rica and that Daphne has to thank her uncle for the trip. So we immediately know where the gang are off to and that it's because of Daphne's uncle. Daphne then explains a little more why. She says that her uncle couldn't make it to the museum exhibit opening and that instead they got to go. I do find it interesting that her uncle couldn't go and so instead of one person there's now four people and a dog going in his place not quite sure that adds up especially when you take into consideration if there's any food at this event how much scooby and shaggy eats Velma takes a picture of daphne fred scooby and shaggy which is actually quite a cute picture of the gang and makes a comment about being on a private jet and that it's better than commercial flights Shaggy agrees, but he does add that they're missing free peanuts and says that's why they brought their own before they they came on the plane. They then pull out their own bag of peanuts each and proceed to down them. The aeroplane flies over a beach with palm trees and a city behind, and we can see that it is now night. It then transitions to inside the city where we see the gang in a taxi. They seem to go past historical or popular sites, and Velma takes a picture of each one as they pass. They also pass the cafe, and Scooby and Shaggy see a man being given a plate full of food. We can see a roll, cake, sandwich, grapes, and some other bits that I can't identify, nor that it seems to matter to Scooby and Shaggy, who are in the back of the taxi with their face pressed against the glass, with their tongues out looking longingly at the food. The gang arrive at the museum, and Velma informs everyone that the Costa Rican museum they are going to has a top paleontology department and that people come from all over the world to be able to work on their fossils and bones. This is a pretty cool fact, and there is a museum in Costa Rica called La Selle, and it's a natural science museum. It has a paleontology section and has been recognised as one of the most complete museums of this type in Latin America. So there is some truth in the real world to this fact, which I like. I like that there's a link between the world in which Scooby and the gang are in and our world. The gang enters the museum and Scooby thinks about bones and we see lots of dinosaur bones on display of various types of dinosaurs. We also see a table full of food. Daphne comments that they know how to throw a dinner, and Shaggy says, good, because I know how to catch one. It's a throwaway line, but I thought the interaction and comment were quite funny and typical of Shaggy. Something I found funny was everyone else is dressed black tie apart from the gang, and Daphne mentions that no one told them it was black tie, and if she has time to change. She doesn't end up changing, but I'd love to see the gang in black tie and how they would adapt their style to it. Shaggy jumps when he sees a dinosaur display and mentions that it would be scary if it wasn't for his carbo-challenged physique. Obviously this is because the dinosaur is just bones. Fred notices the music and mentions surround sound speakers, which makes the band seem like they're in the room with them. This is an important detail for later. The museum curator walks up to the gang and introduces himself. His name is Dr. Armando Gutierrez. He asks for Daphne. He mentions that her uncle wanted her to enjoy their little museum. Verma points out that it's not so little, and Dr Gutierrez mentions if the museum is to stay open, they need to find exciting ways to attract young people. Shaggy and Scooby immediately look over at the table of food and say that that is way number one. To be fair, Shaggy and Scooby would go anywhere with lots of yummy food, but maybe not anywhere haunted or with monsters. Before Scooby and Shaggy 
can demolish the food they are interrupted by Melbourne. Dr Gutierrez introduces him as the man responsible for the exhibit and the museum archaeologist. Fred starts to geek out over the fact he's Melbourne O'Reilly and mentions he just saw him on the cover of last month's Adventure Illustrated hand-catching piranhas on the Amazon. So Melbourne seems to be a bit of a thrill-seeker as well as the museum archaeologist. Melbourne replies that the piranhas was nothing compared to collecting the dinosaur bones. Fred thinks it's because they're heavy, but Melbourne tells him that he was lucky to get out of there with his life. Melbourne explains to the gang that some people believe that there's a curse on those bones. Also, side note, I forgot to mention that the bones in question are the bones of the Gigantosaurus. As a result of the curse, anyone who moves the bones from their resting place will have to suffer the dinosaur spirit's revenge. Melbourne adds that he took them anyway, and Fred notices that he survived. We're also told that Melbourne doesn't know how to explain what smashed in the room when the dinosaur was being put back together. Verma says that after 65 million years that even the spirit of the dinosaur would be extinct by now. Then Scooby just takes a bone from one of the dinosaur displays and replaces it with a broom. And no one notices. This one surprises me. Do they not have security or anyone watching the displays? After Scooby replaces the bone with a broom, the whole room starts to shake and everyone understandably looks worried. A man falls over as well, which I found quite funny. Wasn't expecting that to happen, so it took me by surprise. Dr. Gutierrez tries to calm everyone down. Some artifacts seem to fall and break. Velma says she supposes that this is the spirit of the dinosaur to Melbourne. He replies that spirits are nothing but wombat pucky. The gang asks if they can look around the museum and Dr. Gutierrez agrees and introduces the gang to Heather Lane, who is a foreign exchange student who volunteers giving tours. Heather takes the gang first to a space exhibit. She mentions that they are one of the few museums that has actual rocks from the moon at their exhibit. We then see Scooby and Shaggy eat some of the moon rocks and get disappointed that the moon isn't really made out of green cheese. Sorry to spoil that for you if anyone thought the moon was made out of cheese like Scooby and Shaggy. Heather then shows the gang an excavating vehicle that is actually used to retrieve the rocks. We see that this excavating vehicle is called Beta. Verma mentions that Beta is the second letter of the Greek alphabet. Alpha is the first letter. Makes you wonder if this is the second machine made or if it really just is a cute nickname as Heather puts it. Heather then takes the gang to what looks like behind the dinosaur exhibit. It's all smashed up and the walls are knocked down. She mentions that she guesses the gang has already heard of the dinosaur spirit in the museum and Fred notices that the dinosaur doesn't use doors. Daphne tells Heather that her uncle told her that the museum was built on an old mine shaft. Heather tells her that it's actually one of the museum's most popular exhibits and takes them to it. Heather informs them that it used to be a working gold mine, but has been out of action for about 75 years now. They close up all the connecting tunnels. We see Scooby try and bury his bone, but Daphne hears it and they catch him in the act. He hides the bone and before they can say anything, the sound speaker above starts. Dr. Gutierrez speaks to Heather over the sound speaker to tell her to bring the guests back because the Cine Grande presentation is about to begin. The opening on the dinosaur exhibit is finished off with a premiere showing off a 3D movie on the huge Cine Grande screen they have at the museum. We also meet JJ Hakimoto, who is the director of the movie being shown. He informs the audience that the movie is huge and scary and it's right in your lap. The movie is called Gigantosaurus 3D, but that's not all because apparently coming soon, G3D2, the pandemonium, continues. I think the writing team for this episode had a bit of fun with that name. 
Everyone puts on their 3D glasses and we start on seeing some small dinosaurs before they run away and the Gigantosaurus comes into view and looks like it's coming off the screen. Great effects! Except for the fact that the dinosaur is actually right in front of them and is real. Shagging can smell the breath of the dinosaur and takes off his 3D glasses to actually see the dinosaur standing right in front of him. The audience runs out of the Cinegrande as the Gigantosaurus follows them. Shaggy and Scooby hide in the ancient Egyptian exhibit, and the Gigantosaurus passes them and crashes through the front of the museum to get out. We then see the museum after the dinosaur has gone, and Daphne says, What a mess! and says to Dr. Gutierrez that he must be devastated. He mentions that it can all be rebuilt, but that when people hear of the excitement, the attendance might skyrocket, which sounds a little suspicious. Luis Cepeda from the opening scene shows up and introduces himself. He says he represents the people of the Central Valley and that Dr. Gutierrez has stolen their sacred bones and they must be returned immediately. Dr. Gutierrez replies that he has stolen nothing and that the future of the museum relies on such exhibits and that the bones will remain where they are. Zepeda warns them that the ancient temple of Egazar is the rightful resting place and that if they are not returned, then greater disaster will befall them. He seems like a suspect after that warning as well. We do get some light-hearted humour after that as we see Scooby a little worried and hides his bone underneath a plant in a pot. Melbourne returns during this and greets Cepeda, but Cepeda replies that Melbourne has a lot to answer for. Daphne says that Cepeda can't blame Melbourne, but Melbourne disagrees because he brought the curse here, but he says he has a plan to capture it. The gang follow Melbourne into the old mine shafts. They also have mining hats on, hard hats with light. Scooby sniffs what he thinks is a flower, only for it to be a brightly coloured parrot who isn't pleased to have Scooby sniffing him, and bites his nose. This knocks Scooby into a tree and papaya, coconuts and a pineapple fall on his head to create the fruit that Carmen Miranda wears when she dances on her head. Scooby then dances, like her, to where the gang is at the entrance of the mine. I went down an old mine before, but it wasn't that big at all. You couldn't even stand up straight in it, let alone freely move around, but these mines seem huge. The gang at Melbourne see a huge dinosaur footprint in the mine and follow the direction they seem to be going. Shaggy steps in something weird. Daphne says it's greenish, greyish goop. But Velma says it's coprolite and more commonly known, dinosaur poop. Melbourne mentions that it's useful as he uses what animals leave behind when he's tracking them. They continue through the mine but notice that tunnels that were boarded up before when they went down there with Heather are no longer boarded up. Melbourne says no one has been inside those boarded up tunnels for over 75 years. Shaggy says, why should they ignore an age-old tradition? But Fred grabs them and they have to go in. Shaggy finds gold as they walk through the tunnel, only to be told that it's actually iron pyrite, or fool's gold, as most people know it. Velma inspects the fool's gold and seems interested in it before the gang come to a three-way prong in the path. Fred suggests they split up, and Daphne says she's going with Melbourne, and everyone else says me too. I thought it was quite funny that everyone wants to go with Melbourne. Melbourne decides to go on his own. Velma and Daphne go with Fred, and Shaggy and Scooby go together. Shaggy and Scooby find an old miner's lunchbox with mouldy sandwiches in. They both try and eat them, but luckily they turn into dust because that's gross, even for Shaggy and Scooby. Shaggy notices that the tunnel makes loud echoes. They then hear a noise that sounds like the dinosaur. The Gigantosaurus comes out of the tunnel. It actually made me jump a little because I wasn't expecting it. Shaggy and Scooby are obviously scared and run away using a hand car, which are those cars that are powered by the passengers using the levers to move them up and down and move along the tracks. We have a fun chase scene with Scooby and Shaggy using the hand car to get away as fast as they can, while the dinosaur tries to catch up them, and at some point tries to eat them. 
I love the chase scene music as well. It's very fun and upbeat while Shaggy and Scooby are trying to escape with their lives. Velma falls down a hole in the tunnel and lands on the dinosaur, which is quite fun during this chase scene. She almost gets eaten but manages to escape and slide down the back of the dinosaur. Fred and Daphne come out of the lift and straight into the dinosaur's legs before running back into the lift only to get to the top and get face first with the dinosaur. Fred and Daphne run away from the dinosaur and end up joining Velma running away before they can run into the dinosaur. Joining Velma running away before they run into the dinosaur only to be saved by Shaggy and Scooby still riding the handcar. They crash into a boarded up exit from the mine to escape. They're safe. Except the fact that Shaggy doesn't know how to stop the handcar. They crash into a palm tree and a coconut falls on Shaggy's head. Shaggy and Scooby hear a noise and climb to the top of the palm tree where they meet a parrot who tries to bite them. Shaggy uses the coconut to put in the parrot's mouth to stop it from biting them. The gang mention the secret exit they came out of but notice that O'Reilly didn't come out with them so he must still be in there. Melbourne comes out as they mention him. He says he's okay but he had a rough time trying to find them. Daphne tells Melbourne that Shaggy and Scooby saved them. Shaggy mentions that all he remembers was the dinosaur's breath which smelled like his dad's station wagon exhaust. Another clue. Velma tells them that she doesn't think that's a real dinosaur but someone wants them to believe it's real. The gang walk up the stairs to the museum with Shaggy and Scooby leaving behind a trail of dinosaur poop from their feet. Daphne mentions that they're treading in that gunk from the mine and Fred asks Velma if that's proof there's a real dinosaur. Daphne disagrees and informs them there's actually bat guano. She then informs them that it's the basis of many cosmetics. Ew. Velma uses that as another good reason to keep her natural look. The gang seem to be in a lab. Velma mentions that Dr Gutierrez let them do some detective work there. Velma starts by testing Scooby's bone carbon dating it to find out how old it is. She then runs her digital photos that she's been taking the whole time through face recognising equipment. The gang discuss who they think the suspect is. She then runs her digital photos that she's been taking the whole time through face recognising equipment. This is another example of using modern technology in Scooby-Doo, both the digital camera and now the face recognising equipment, as well as the carbon dating of the bones. It's all very modern technology that's being used in Scooby-Doo and it's quite interesting to kind of see how they bring the modern technology into the episode. The gang discuss who they think the suspect is. Fred thinks it's Dr Gutierrez because he wants publicity for the museum. Daphne thinks maybe it's Melbourne O'Reilly because he seems like he would do anything to look like he's a hero. Fred replies that he is a hero because he said so in the magazine. Daphne also mentions that Heather Dress is very nice for someone who is a volunteer and works for free. Shaggy mentions that JJ Hakamoto, well, he says the filmmaker dude, because he wants his new 3D movie to be a hit. Luis Cepeda is mentioned as well because of all his disaster talk. Velma finds out that according to the facial recognition software she's using, Cepeda is an international con man. He has a history of scavenging artifacts and selling them illegally on the black market. Fred mentions that because of that, Cepeda has a real reason for wanting the dinosaur bones, making him a prime suspect. Daphne mentions the T-word. That's right, trap. She says, if only we could trap the dinosaur, they'd get all the answers they need. Of course, Fred already has a plan. And of course, he needs Shaggy and Scooby to lure the dinosaur from the mine shop. I do feel sorry that it's always Shaggy and Scooby that's live bait. Fred never has to do it, and it's his plan. Shaggy and Scooby refuse and say that their luring days are over. Velma then wheels out an industrial-sized box of Scooby snacks. They're bigger than her. The box even says super-sized box. Scooby and Shaggy jump inside the box of industrial-sized Scooby snacks, so it's safe to say they agreed to Fred's plan. 
Shaggy and Scooby are outside the mine entrance. Shaggy calls into the mine to the dinosaurs saying they know that they're in there and to come out with their scales up. This did make me chuckle out loud. It's so stupid, but I think sometimes you need that silly humour, especially when it comes to cartoons. I think Scooby-Doo does this like quite well. Shaggy then says he sees a cute lady Gigantosaurus out there and Scooby dresses up as a lady Gigantosaurus. If you're interested or can't remember what Scooby looks like, Google it, you won't be disappointed. He looks quite funny. Just as they turn around, thinking they failed, they hear a roar behind them and run with the Gigantosaurus chasing them behind. They lead the dinosaur to the museum. They run inside the Stegosaurus skeleton and escape before the dinosaur smashes the skeleton with their foot. The skeleton is a Stegosaurus, but the skull is actually a Triceratops skull. Fun fact. Scooby and Shaggy slide behind Fred, who is holding a rope, which has a skeleton spine and ribs, which imprisons the dinosaur. But as we've just seen the dinosaur smash a load of bones, you can see where this is going. The dinosaur is momentarily trapped before breaking free and smashing the bones in the process. The dinosaur escapes. Fred's trap fails. Although this trap did help Thelma figure some things out, and now she wants everyone to go to the Cinegrande Theatre. I think this mystery is about to be solved. Everyone is sat in the Cinegrande Theatre. Scooby and Shaggy have got a literal tower of different cinema snacks. Thelma thanks everyone for coming. No one looks very happy to be there and says she's going to share some very special vacation photos. There's a photo of Shaggy with bat poop on his shoe and bats behind him. Thelma comments that this showed that there was nothing else living in the tunnels apart from bats. Thelma also mentions that there are speakers throughout the museum and the mine exhibit. We see a photo of Shaggy in the middle of a giant dinosaur footprint and speakers in the background. She brings out a subwoofer speaker and plays the dinosaur's roar through it. It's very loud. It knocks Shaggy and Scooby snacks everywhere. And Fred and Daphne have to put their hands over their ears. Thelma then shows them a cutout of the dinosaur and uses a light to create the shadow onto the screen behind her. She tells the audience that they were used when people got too close to frighten them away. I'm sure you're wondering, too close to what? Well, don't worry, Thelma has that answer for us as well. Thelma tells the audience that Shaggy has answered this question as well, to which Shaggy is very clueless. We see a photo of Shaggy picking up fool's gold. Shaggy laughs and says, yeah, fool's gold. But Thelma informs them what Shaggy threw away was real gold. She explains that someone had found an active part of the museum gold mine and found a system to get the gold out. Thelma puts up a picture of Beta, the excavating vehicle. She says what we're all thinking. Professor Beta, there must be an alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet. As we all remember, Beta is the second letter of the Greek alphabet. The Gigantosaurus appears behind Velma and the people in the audience look scared. We then see the dinosaur suit removed and it's Scooby driving Alpha. Velma explains that this was used to mine the gold and then get it out of the mine through the secret entrance that the gang accidentally found while escaping the dinosaur earlier in the episode. JJ Hakimoto launches into a concept of how it's raw human emotion and the suspense and then ends with, he didn't do it. Velma, of course, already knew that. She says that Heather is an art major and talented enough to design a dinosaur suit to fix the excavator. She tries to move off, but Fred holds her arm and Melbourne holds her other arm. Sepeda has gotten up in all the drama and tries to excuse himself, but Velma stops him. She explains that she got Scooby's bone carbon dated as well as the other Gigantosaurus bones. The results show that the bones all come from different ages and even thousands of years apart, so not from the same dinosaur. There's a close-up of one of the bones, which says Bone Voyage, New York World's Fair 1964. I had a look and there really was a New York's World Fair in 1964. 
Unfortunately, it was a money pit and didn't generate any profit. I like that Scooby-Doo has some of the real world in it, like the references to our world. It's quite cool. Thelma tells him that Sepeda knew the bones weren't authentic and planted them so he could create the curse and use it to scare people away as the temple is where the gold is being stored until they can sell it. Thelma also goes on to say that when the museum was interested in the bones, that Sepeda hoped the curse would scare them away. Melbourne and Fred stand up and both say, never. When just the curse couldn't scare him, he made the dinosaur real to hopefully scare them away. The last photo on the slide is one Velma took outside of the museum just before she started the slideshow. It shows the police outside. We see Cepeda and Heather being taken away. Cepeda says they would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling touristas, which means exactly what you think it does, tourists. I also like that they're being taken away by the police and there's actual consequences for them committing a crime. Shaggy makes a punny joke and says, good thing this place doesn't have a medal detector. The gang talk to Dr. Gutierrez and he tells them that the gold will be used to pay for the repairs the museum needs due to the damage the dinosaur did. The gang help clean up the museum. Shaggy grabs the broom that was holding the skeleton up that Scooby took his bone from and it falls apart. Scooby finds himself in the pile of bones and licks his lip as he holds two bones and says his famous catchphrase, Scooby Dooby Doo! Okay, so this was the third episode of What's New Scooby Doo? My best bit was the bit when the gang were in the plane and also in the taxi on the way to the museum. I liked seeing the gang doing what they were doing, like each of them had their own thing. Shaggy and Scooby were eating, Velma was taking pictures of the view, Fred was reading a book on Costa Rica. Daphne doesn't seem to be doing anything but sitting, but it was still nice to just get a glimpse of what the gang does when they're chilling. I also liked watching Velma take all the photos. We don't normally see her taking photos, so it was a nice change. And as someone who is always taking photos of the view of cool things, or even when I go to the museum, I love it. I was definitely like Velma, so it was kind of cool to see. The worst bit was that the link between Cepeda and Heather didn't really make much sense. Did Cepeda know she was an art major? And is that why he went to her? Was Heather in on it? And is that why she was working at the museum? I just, I didn't really understand the link and it bothered me a little wondering why they were working together. Also, the amount of dinosaur skeletons and artifacts that were destroyed as if it was nothing and not priceless artifacts that can't be easily replaced was not just like annoying, but like I, I thought it would be shown as worse, but it just seemed like it was nothing. The funniest bit was the whole Scooby-Doo and his bone bit. I liked that he took the bone and replaced it with a broom, that was quite funny. Then when he tries to hide it in the mine, and then at the end when Shaggy takes the broom to tidy up and knocks the whole dinosaur skeleton down. I did think Scooby and Shaggy eating the moon rocks because they thought the moon was made out of green cheese was quite funny. Especially their faces after eating it. Also, the super-sized box of Scooby snacks was pretty fun. My favourite supporting character for this episode was Dr Gutierrez. However, I will give a mention to Melbourne O'Reilly because I did like what the character brought to this episode. But overall, my favourite for this episode has to be Dr Gutierrez. He was so nice to the gang, he cares about the museum and getting children to come to the exhibits and learn. He seems to genuinely love what he does and where he works. He seems really nice and kind. He had us with the talk about getting more publicity from the dinosaur, but ultimately I think that shows just how passionate he is when it comes to the museum. This is the end of my third podcast episode. Thank you for listening. I wonder if you thought the same as my best, worst and funniest bits. Was Dr Gutierrez your favourite supporting character this episode? Whether you agreed or disagreed, I'd love to know your thoughts about this episode, and I may even feature them in the next episode. The next episode will be Season 1, Episode 4, Big Scare in the Big Easy, so get ready to listen to the next podcast. 
If you want to ask any questions or even just mention anything you liked about this episode, you can go to my website, meddlingpodcast.com. That's M-E-D-D-L-I-N-G-P-A-W-D-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Or you can email me at feedback at meddlingpodcasts.com. I'd love to hear any of your thoughts about Scooby-Doo, whether it's this episode, another episode, or Scooby-Doo in general. Thanks for listening and stay groovy. Thank you.